Hello, everybody, and welcome to this game where with me, Ashley. And me, Chris. Hope you're okay. Hope you're okay, Ashley. I'm great. Thank you. Beep, beep. Beep, beep. Beep, beep. Okay. Honk, honk. Why, why are you doing that at me? <sighs> you got to do the arm as well. Oh. <sighs> Have you ever done that to lorry drivers or train drivers? Um, I haven't myself, no. Have you? Yes. Yes. Yes, yes you have. Because I led that sort of childhood. That and, that and, and many, many other things. And 20s. And yeah. beyond. And last week. And last night. Yeah. On the way home. Yeah. I got stuck behind a, a lorry on the way home yesterday. <laughs> Not that anyone cares. But yeah, I was doing 40 miles an hour on a 60 road. And it was very frustrating. It's very it frustrating home. when that happens, isn't it? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's that's a nice relatable story. If there were if there were multiple routes uh, to take, I mean there are, but then you, I suppose you'd need to know which one doesn't have a lorry going slow. That's true. Which is a part of the annoyance. I mean, if they're gonna do anything with the future, then they should make it so that you can check where the lorries are on your route home. I think they, whoever they are, they just need to invent those uh, those tubes like Scientists. the Futurama. It's the second time those have come up in this week. Really? Me. How strange. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember why the, the first time they came up. Or a thing like in Star Trek where all your molecules go... And then you reappear somewhere else. Cause... Yeah. Are you... So... I don't know if this is a thing that people that watch Star Trek talk about. But when you go into those things i i've certainly if you think prestige you know the film the prestige what, about, the magician's one yeah every time i mean this is a spoiler for the prestige so if you it's haven't fine. seen that and you're, you're sad, sad about okay. the notion of getting spoiled then go away for two two minutes or so but in that film the prestige is that he creates a clone of himself every night and kills himself oh yeah and the new the new person's not necessarily the old person in the, in the sense of like exactness mm. they're a completely different entity and I, I kind of gather that that's a similar thing with all of those sci-fi technologies where you get reconstituted you get deconstituted molecularly and then reconstituted somewhere else and then of course there's the fly where a fly gets involved and Door kicks off. I mean, off. that's that's a whole different thing. I I don't know if they don't have flies on the on the Enterprise or whatever, but I you'd hope, kind of hope. I mean, maybe they need them. How do they actually on a five year mission? How do you get as um, as much food on board as to feed everyone that needs food for five years? How do you? How's that? It's a good What's question. That? Are they are they still eating those? They still know eating biscuits, ships biscuits with weevils and things. Ships biscuits. Maybe that um like astronauts have the little pouches of ice cream. I just realised they've got that they've they've got that food machine that makes whatever they want whenever they want it. They I've, just go up to it and say, "Ice cream, please." I've never watched Star Trek. I've seen the, the three ever. new films, newish films. Right. But other than that, okay. I've not watched any Star Trek, so I'm are completely out my are depth. You, oh, okay. Are, are you are, are you like an anti? Are you like a sneerer? No, no, not at all. It's just oh. I've just never watched it. I was a, unfortunately a bit of a sneerer as a teenager. Like, ooh, Star Trek nerd or whatever. Yeah. And and the the ridiculous thing was that I actually really enjoyed it. 
Ah, oh, you've been sneery just to be cool. Well, trying to fit in. And I was spending my teenagedom just going like, ha, at lorries and trains. I know which I'd prefer. I'd have preferred to be, ha, boy. <laughs> That's what they called mm. me. Yeah. What's the sweetest game, please? Oh, it's nothing to do with sci-fi. Mm. Nothing. Or horns? I don't think it is, anyway. Mm, well, uh, this week's game is this game where you plan out and oversee the efficient running of your very own sprawl of urban, industrial, agricultural and leisure zones. Attempt to fulfil every need and desire of a million people at once, all the while making sure your beautiful creation doesn't go up in smoke figuratively and literally. So it's some sort of Sim City, uh, I'm guessing. Or is it that game where you're making a city on the back of a creature? <laughs> no, it's not that one. Uh, I can't remember what that's called. I've been playing it recently. What's it called? Game Creature City. Creature City. Yeah, no, it's not that one. Have I, have I told you about that one? Yeah, you have. Yeah. That? No, I haven't okay. played it, but you talked oh. about it. I, that's I more know. recent than this. No. It's City Skylines. Oh, haven't we done this before? No. Yeah. We have. No, we haven't. We've talked. No, we haven't. We did an episode on City Skylines before, pal. No, we never. Back in the old lockdown days. Nah. Let me let me have a look. I've got a feeling. Like Is it the like console edition? Sixteen or something. Uh, City Skylines episode nineteen, eighteenth <sighs> of June, twenty twenty. Well, that's annoying. <laughs> it's like it's like Animal Crossing where we did two episodes on that. Right, well, we probably should do another one. Did I do a good job of it? Do you remember how it went? It was one of those ones where you talked about it. So it is in lockdown. It was a game where... Oh, oh was it? So oh, it was just like a... Here's a game um, I version. It was a right, okay. version, yeah. It's interesting because I feel like over the course of the, la- the last three years, it has become... We've got like this arbitrary cutoff point for games that we talk about in that sense and games that we play. Do you know what I mean? That we had those sort of two months or so where we were talking about games that were getting us through. Yeah, so that was games that were getting us through, was it? Right, okay. So that's a slightly different thing. And I know exactly why. Great, that's great. It's fine. It's all context. It's brilliant. Um, I do love we're context. still doing this episode. <laughs> Yay! Because you're going to play it this so time. The twist is which this is the difference. Going to play it, okay? Yeah. Um, I, I was going to say we've got anyway. You know, like I talked about Sea of Stars a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. or last week, or whenever it was. Um, I obviously wouldn't just do a game like that if it came from 1990 or 2010, even like if they if it was at that point, then I wouldn't necessarily just do a hey Chris, here's a brilliant game that I've been playing. But I um I feel like actually there's about it's about a decade. So if we go back about a decade. We um that that's where I kind of start to think of games as like not classics but and and not really retro but definitely of a of a different time a mm-hmm. different era a different period a different point which is interesting in in the last in the context of the last decade because there are definitely games that have come out at the similar sort of time as as City Skylines um that I would still think of as current like Stardew Valley. Mm. Stardew Valley has been just been going and going and going. Was an update? Was it this um, week for it? There was, yeah, one point yeah. six. So the last decades kind of redefined the the life of certain types of games. Certainly in the indie space, um, it might have started before that because actually, if you think Akami, Akami hasn't ever had a sequel, but it has been out on every single platform 
since the PlayStation 2. So yeah, it's an in, it's an interesting it's an interesting observation. Hmm. Um we are going to be playing City Skylines today. Okay. Uh what do you know about City Skylines? I'm casting my mind back to when we talked about it. I remember a conversation about sewage being pumped out into water. Oh, very nice. Yeah, I mean, that's a way to kill your, your citizens. Oh, yeah. Real good. Uh, I think it was essentially SimCity new version. Yeah, and that's kind of where it was born. I don't know how much you remember of 2013. Uh, 2013, not a great deal, no. So in 2013, there was a SimCity game released, and it... Was it the free-to-play uh, freemium one? No. It wasn't free-to-play, no. It was always online. Right. Uh, which was in the olden days of 2013. <laughs> the olden days. Yeah. Uh, in the olden days of 2013, it was a bit of a, a, a sore point if people tried to get you to play always online. And the I think one of the problems with this SimCity was that even when you were playing like local single player games, you still had to be have have an online connection. The reason behind that, as far as they said, was that you one of the big selling points of the game was that your cities were connected to cities that were next to you. Okay. And other people might have built those cities and your your um services can be bought and sold from those people. And your citizens can move freely between cities. So if you make your city better than their city, then you you'll get an influx of people from their city, and so on. So there was this degree of um, <clears throat> there was this degree of interaction, sort of asymmetric interaction between your cities and theirs. They were all. It was also all hosted, I believe, on a cloud server. So they did a lot of cloud computing to make the game work in the way that this was their excuse. Um, <laughs> I should be clear. They did a lot of cloud computing to make the game work in the way that it should to do a lot of the back back end calculations for the simulation of citizens on a on a mass scale. Uh, the problem with that reasoning was that somebody, as is always the case, somebody in the very early days, like within a week of the game coming out, uh, took the game offline. Yeah, and, like stripped out the stripped out the code. Uh, that made it persistent online required and the game worked fine the simulation worked mm. fine so yeah ea were lying through their teeth about the the whole cloud computing needed for for the simulation to work the neighboring cities thing it's almost like a leaderboard and isn't it you know like well if your neighboring city is better than well if they yeah. if someone else's neighboring city is better than your lead uh, city then all your people will go over to there so well, that's not really you know i want to make a city and make my people enjoy it so and if they're not enjoying it then i'll try my best to make it better i'm not gonna you do have push pull factors even even in the old sim cities even in the pre-2013 sim city if your city wasn't great then people would leave your city it's just that and and presumably it, maybe not but it would make sense to me that there would be simulations like very bare bones simulations of uh, other cities around the place mm -hmm. that would have their own push or pull factors. So if if you were running SimCity and then SimCity uh, Opolis was was just a neighbouring city twenty miles down the road, and Sim SimCity Opolis was doing really really well, and SimCity was doing really badly, there'd be def there'd be a definite sort of draw for people to leave SimCity and go to SimOpolis. If they're not doing that, if they weren't doing those backyard uh, back 
backend calculations to, to simulate very basic versions of, of, of that to facilitate push-pull factors, then uh, I, I think they should have been. <laughs> so I, I kind of basically, shorthand uh, of what I'm saying, I like the concept that they tried to introduce in SimCity 2013. I think that the execution soured the audience. It was also yeah. EA, EA uh, pre- uh, developing and uh, publishing, and that obviously went against them too. Off the back of it, um, Paradox Interactive publishers of of city skylines greenlit cities skylines um the the developer is put is um the developer is colossal order and colossal order had uh, up until 2013 they'd been making a series of games called cities in motion and cities in motion was a game a concept that were that revolved around taking or pre-existing cities and implementing transportation systems in those cities. So you had to retrofit, say, a subway system into a living, breathing city and make it work in in that city, which is how how these transportation systems tend to be fitted. Like, there aren't really very many cities that were built with their transportation mm. in place in situ at the point of, of being built. So, so Transport Tycoon crossed with SimCity almost yeah sort of yeah 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 uh, that's not a bad way of thinking about it um so they they already had a bit of uh, sort of sim chops and they also they also already had this bee in their bonnet about <laughs> making a a um a city builder in the in the vein of sim city but paradox had and understandably paradox had a, a concern that actually sim city was the market leader in that area and that they were very dominant and that there wasn't really space for anything else because SimCity was so dominant and in 2003 2012 let's say in 2012 that is actually a really very legitimate concern Mm. (laughs) because SimCity was huge and had been since uh the you know the early 90s or whenever the first the first one came out was it might have been it it was early 90s i remember playing it on the snes yeah um and I just couldn't remember if it was the early 90s or, or late 80s, but regardless, it doesn't matter. Um, they, off the back of the turmoil of SimCity in 2013, Pan, uh, Paradox greenlit this game, City Skylines. It then released in 2015, so two-year uh, development cycle, and was pretty much uh, lauded. Hooray! And, uh, very, tore the crown from the head of... Uh, of SimCity and SimCity's kind of languished ever since while City Skylines has gone from strength to strength uh, over the course of the last eight years since its initial release on Windows and Linux it's released on pretty much every platform it's done on an Akami uh, <laughs> and, and gone to everything and the most recent uh, release was to the Xbox Series uh, consoles S and X and the PlayStation 5 and that was in a, a remastered form Great. What the remaster does, not really sure. Probably like a, a bells and whistles, yeah. oh, this is pretty th- sort of thing. Was there DLC that's to... been added in as well and all that jazz? Well, DLC is an interesting uh, thing when it comes to City Skylines because there are tens and tens and tens of them. I, I didn't uh, take a full number. I was going to check in the second half, uh, check ready for the second half. But I can tell you that I've got, for this game, I've got 38 DLC packs. Jeez. And I don't I don't think I've got half of them. Oh my <laughs> so days. There, there are a lot. Over the course of eight years, they've done both free content packs and they've done these paid DLC, either content creator type packs that do aesthetics. But they've also introduced some um, 
they've also introduced some different game mechanics. So one of the things that wasn't there in the initial release of City Skylines was natural disasters, like your tornadoes, your volcanoes, which were actually a big part of SimCity's thing. Like they they did, they had natural disasters that could just take take your city down a notch and then you'd have to try and rebuild from that. And that was what they introduced with that. They also had like a... Um, like a snowy, wintry thing, which introduced the notion of having uh, weather conditions affect the life of your city. So, like, it might cause traffic accidents well, or it might cause New York congestion. It, well, there you go. We learn something new every day. Yeah. Are you talking about... Are you being topical? Because haven't New York just suffered quite atrocious floods? No, I wasn't being topical. It's just New York's the city that springs to mind for me that, that snow seems to... Um, stymie it when when snow falls in new york it seems to like really fall in new york so that's one that's yeah. in the news that's what swung to mind I, yeah i get i see where you're coming from actually I, it happens with the uk as a whole oh yeah it does my, but i think so, that's part of the uh, of our national thing of like oh weather ooh. yeah i mean that this this is an interesting concept anyway and i'll try it concept uh, not concept um this is an interesting concept anyway. Uh, I'll try to not talk about it too much, but um, there's there's this misunderstanding from people as a whole that seems to, when, when people's uh, response to weather is to be like, oh, well, that shafted us. Um, there's this misunderstanding that's like, well, why don't they... Why don't they cope like we would cope? So the the thing that people sometimes do is compare, say, the UK to Canada. Well, Canada has snow all the time, and they deal with it very well. Why why don't we just stiff up a lip it and get through or whatever? But the the reality actually is, and it happened similarly with Texas. Do you remember a um, couple of either last year or the year before? Texas had these massive massive heat waves mm-hmm. that that I mean, Texas is used to having hot weather but these heat waves were beyond anything that they've ever had before and people were talking about people dying from the heat um and it took out their electric uh grid, their electricity grid uh, it was so hot that it destroyed uh, parts of their electricity grid and they went offline uh for a period of time the problem's not that people as individuals can cope it's that the infrastructure that they yeah. Uh, rely on like their electricity grid it's only been built with certain tolerances in mind Absolutely. because they are the standard tolerances and that's one of the the problems of climate change that people are trying to make people aware of it's not necessarily that you can't put an extra coat on if it's really really cold it's that your electricity grid is not built with certain tolerances in mind and that will be that will be on a regular basis taken out similarly for our roads our roads are usually the things that um that causes problems in in cold weather um they they are they just aren't built to to tolerate the levels of snow that maybe we've had in the last few years at certain times of the year um so yeah it's 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 hard actually to do an apples to apples comparison of any city around the world with another city or even country yeah so yeah, that's and, why we that's why we struggle with cold weather, and that's what City Skylines is is implementing is the idea of weather affecting things. I, I really like the idea. Well, the fact that thirty eight DLC is crazy, but also the fact that they've then more. En- enabled that to give it. I mean, that's some long legs to go from twenty thirteen all the way to to now to have those releases and to pad the content out, but then to actually do stuff that's not just bells and whistles. It's actually going to add extra stuff into the game. 
yeah, there's been there's definitely been a lot of bells and whistles stuff. So let don't let me um, misrepresent that at all. It was 2015 it came out, started sorry, development yes. in 2013. Um, it's it has had a lot of support though, and and I think that Paradox are pretty good at catering to their communities. There, I don't know if you're familiar with many of their games, but we have talked about some of them in the past, um, both on podcast and and um, and off. But they they create their their bread and butter is 4x style games. So um, 4x style games are um, real time. Well, no, they're grand strategy games. There you go. They're grand strategy games. Well, they and the they ones go into Versalis one that you talked about before. Europa Universalis, yeah. Right. That's the one. Yeah. So God, I um, that up. Ooh. Yeah, well done. Uh, I couldn't remember if we'd actually talked about that one or not, mm. but yes, they they are. They're grand strategy games. They go into very micro details about very um, specific niche things. So Europa Universalis is actually one of the broader ones where you simulate thousands of years of of uh, turmoil between different civilizations. It's it's um it, but then they also have like a very specific Roman one, and they have a very specific. Uh, sort of Second World War one, and they 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 are big, sprawling, very intricately detailed uh, simulation games uh, that allow you to enact strategy. And uh, Crusader Crusader Kings is uh, a very very popular one, and that one you can like you can arrange marriages between different kings and queens and and have a dynasty. So like there's an almost a rogue like uh, element to it where you're king your character dies but then they've had children and the whole idea is to create this lineage um this game fits into that because the simulation and and, and that's why paradox you know i presumably publish it the simulation is very intricate very detailed um less detailed though than a lot of people would like it to be and one of the things that sprung up in the community as is often the case with games like this is a very uh, a very active, very dedicated modding uh, community. Okay. Now, I've never actually delved into the mods, but there are certain things that you can do with mods that that aren't baked into the game, such as uh, changing road layouts to be very sort of intricately detailed. You can you can have um, specific light timings for traffic lights using mods that you can't necessarily do in the base game, um, and you can create road layouts that are much more um, intricate and true to life using certain mods. So I'm guessing that's there the are lots that people have then like built real life cities within City Skyline using that as well. Absolutely, what has happened? There is actually there's a a YouTube channel that I actually quite enjoy called Civil Engineer Plays, um, and it is a real world civil engineer who plays City Skylines and games like it, uh, town planning or city planning. Uh, or urban planning games um and they they sort of recreate they they aim to recreate real world uh cities in city skylines and the interesting thing about it is it's that regardless of what you say about like the modding community and what is lacking in the game what is in the game is good enough that actually it it is possible to do real world uh stuff within the game um whilst looking into city skylines i found a, a nice list of like really interesting uh facts about the, the way that people have used the game so Ooh, yes please the first one's the first one's fairly um pedestrian hey um 
because it was the dev the developer of Bus Simulator 2018. They used this uh, they used City Skylines to lay out all of their roadway systems, um, and all of that then fed into the actual development of the game. So they they planned the game they planned they planned Bus Simulator out in City Skylines, <laughs> which is an interesting uh, thing. But then it gets weirder or more interesting, maybe is a better way to say it, um, because uh, Stockholm. So this game was built. Uh, this game was developed in Stockholm. Oh, okay. It's, oh, I forgot to say, uh, it's the most successful fin- uh, Finnish game in in history. So there's been no more successful game come out of Finland than this. Okay. It, oh, it's developed by thirteen people. I, you'd like that one too. So like this that. is not the facts that I was thinking of. No, uh, it's just things that I've forgotten to say. Developed by thirteen people. Um, it, it most successful game sold 12 million copies as of June 2022. Ooh. So there are things that I forgot that I've now not forgot. Um, it was developed in Stockholm. Stockholm then used the game to plan out a new transportation system for the city. Amazing. Absolutely yep. amazing. I, I assume that there was a level of like synergy or whatever synthesis between uh, the fact that they were proud of yeah, Castle Order and, right. and so on. But it, it was successful. They, they, designed their new transport system uh, for the city in the game. Um, a YouTuber in Poland, I could not find the name of, but a YouTuber in Poland um, was up in arms about a new um, road interchange that was going to be built outside Krakow. So they rebuilt the planned interchange in the game. They pointed out, they made a video pointing out all of the problems that this interchange would have, which then prompted the Polish government to uh, order a further analysis into the planned interchange. And they confirmed all of the problems that he had pointed out in the game. So this game's actually Um, having real life implications, not just in its home country, but also in Yeah, they redesigned redesigned the road. Uh, Krakow is a lovely city. I went there 14 years ago. It's brilliant. Really nice place. How is it... Road systems, well, because apparently designed part partly in city skylines. To, to, to loop back to what we were saying about 20, 15 minutes ago, uh, we went in February. It's very, very snowy, so I remember is uh, sort of being very careful trudging around to crack off because of how snowy it was. But it was a it was a very pretty place, also very reasonably priced. Right, excellent. Okay, that's good to know. Um, the game gets used in academic research up and down the the track. Uh, it's it's used apparently actually. In urban planning for research and teaching, um, and also in environmental sciences to uh, to teach there and and as part of research, uh, apparently uh, real estate. I don't know whether it's real estate agents being trained or whether it's like buyers and sellers. I really don't know, but they use it. There, there's all sorts of like weird and wonderful places that it crops up uh, and gets used. So it speaks well to the to the design of the game. It speaks mm. well to the to the simulation that's going on in the background. There is a lot of simulation going on in the background. I think they they have basic simulations for every individual in the city, and one of the main sort of impediments to your progress of the city growing is the roads getting congested and people that then having a knock on uh, effect for people's lives uh so if you manage your roads well then you you will get a, a higher influx of people and more demand for housing and so on like mini metro um, 
Light Mini Metro, yes. But obviously yeah. a, lot, a lot more complicated than Mini Metro. Yeah, it's a lot more complicated Mini, than no, Mini sorry, Metro. Mini, Mini Motorways, I always get them too confused. Mini Motorways is the car one. Metro is the train one, unsurprisingly. They're very, they're very good games. They are, they are very good games. Um, yeah, it's built. It's built. I, you, how much SimCity have you played? Well, I had SimCity three thousand uh, about twenty or so years ago, and I didn't really like it. Oh, okay, interesting. Well, you might like this one more. It, it's both more intricate, more detailed, but also more simple to wrap your head around because it's, ba- it's based around simplistic. Yeah, you zone things. You can zone things out uh, in this game. So you might you have residential of different densities, you have uh, commercial of different densities, and you have uh, industrial of different densities. And you use those three spaces to plan out a, a, a city that gives people places to live, places to shop, and places to work. And, and that's the basic premise of everything. You do also obviously have to design the sewer systems, but it's a case of, again just making sure everyone's close to a, a sewer pipe and making sure that that sewer pipe has somewhere to either be processed or dumped, as you alluded to in the first uh, few minutes of, of this well, this half. I like the sound of it being that in-depth detail, but also simplistic as well, because that's sort of catering for all audiences, really, isn't it? Yep. Um, I have sent you a series of Steam codes. Uh, my gift to you is a copy of of City Skyline so that you can either play it on the PC with that or um or you can play it on the Xbox Series X which I would recommend because actually the the conversion from PC to console is very very good and it works really really well with the controller. Okay. That's so. that sounds good because I, I quite liked um a two point hospital when I played that on the Switch um I was in incredulous at how well that had been ported to switch because i thought mm. but yeah it was really good so I'll, I'll probably xbox it this is a perfect example of a game that does that well so uh you've got you've got city skylines you've got natural disasters you've got snowfall Lovely. Uh, if you did want to dig into those at any point but yeah i think that's it let's go Should play build us some cities built this city come on that was an obvious way to start i guess are we gonna have to pay royalties for that nonsense oh no are we maybe it's only four words <sighs> have i done a bad yeah all right well let's talk about the game then just hope we don't have to pay royalties um i really like games where we i really like games but i really like games on this podcast where we come into second half and I don't know about you but I've got nothing negative to say about it so I like it when that happens and I also really like it when uh, we're talking the second half and I'm just thinking about the game and just thinking let's wrap this up so I can go back and carry on playing it really oh brilliant so I wasn't sure do you remember where you were with it when we did it for episode 19 then when it was just me telling you about how brilliant it is. And well, episode well 19 they... was one of those episodes where I was a bit like um, CSRs a couple of weeks ago, where you were talking about it and I was making the right noises. And that was that. 
because at that yeah, point, that... episode nineteen, I wouldn't have had any way to to play it. I don't think. No, Beyond, I well, don't. obviously, well, you could have done it on PC. Yeah, but I don't know if this PC would have would have run it so very good. No. Um, what I mean is, like, was there any kind of intention or interest to play it? Because my feeling is, my gut is that actually, this is the kind of game that doesn't wholly appeal to you. Um, yeah, just a, as a general rule, like this is maybe outside your wheelhouse. Yeah, definitely. We we've talked about. I think we talked about on the podcast um, Sim City uh, at some points, and I mentioned it the first half. Sim City three thousand. I had for. Mm. Um, one of the first PCs I had, maybe the second PC we had at home, and um, I didn't really like it. I found the infrastructure building in particular really tedious. The way to ha- how you have to place your residential area, then you have to place the pipes, then you place the sewage pipes, then you place the electricity pylons, and I just got so fed up of, of all that. So I haven't mm. investigated any similar games since. Um, we are going to be playing SimCity 3000 at some point soon, just as a point of interest for anyone listening to this episode. It's currently on sale on Good Old Games. It's down to like £1.70 or something ridiculous. So, uh, you know, if you listen to this, maybe this is the kind of game, that's the kind of game you might be interested in. So just a quick, a quick plug for that. Yeah, I kind of... So I I come from SimCity as well. I, I think I had SimCity 2000, I think it was called, and 3000. And then I think they had SimCity 4 was the release for, for that. They, they abandoned the 4000 uh, or the thousands thing. For whatever reason. Yeah, they, they've always kind of been my bag. I've, they're the sort of thing that I've enjoyed all, always. But the the jump from miss I missed out on SimCity 2013. I, I didn't I didn't wade into that um, Maya. And what I got from City Skylines was just this major jump um, in terms of usability. I think they've really thought about how to deliver a streamlined pre- uh, experience for for the player and that's only to be appreciated streamlined is the words games... I've, I've jotted down actually that's one of my major takeaways from it is how everything is mm. so streamlined and it's just really intuitive like how easy it is to play stuff and within the the time i spent with the game today sort of from the beginning to the end how flawlessly i was just you know boom 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 i was making housing residential areas and i was then putting electricity i was putting the water in it is still you've got to do that process because that makes sense but if it's in in this based on my recollection of SimCity 3000 which i haven't played for about 20 years mm. it is so much easier to place it in that and and it removes any frustration for the player it's a few clicks yeah. and, and it's done i seem to I seem to think that it was that SimCity, so I haven't played it in a similar amount of time and that's quite telling because the thing that I have played instead is City Skylines. I seem to think that there was more focus on placing individual buildings in SimCity. It wasn't so much about zones. That's uh, my recollection of it as well. Uh, I I think the zone system's really smart and that's one of the things that makes it feel so progress. progress. I don't know how to say it, but not well, I suppose progressive in the sense of like game design and how they've refined that that element of, of this particular genre, but also in terms of the game and the way it progresses, I feel like there's this um, this really fluid movement forwards, and you always feel like you're you're marching onwards. I think you struggled a little bit with it at first, and and that's to be expected. But the whole the gameplay loop is built around the three the notion of balancing out your supply and demand in the three areas of commercial 
residential and, and industrial so, um, with, with a quite a strong focus on residential. So at, at the beginning of any map, you'll start and your your demand will be 100% demand for residential and zero for each of the other things. But as soon as you, do, you zone out some residential and people start moving in, they need jobs and they need things to do uh, to to enjoy themselves, so you you get a small spike in commercial and 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 um, industrial mm. demand, and and as the commercial and industrial demand gets met, the residential um, will have fallen, so that because people, uh, you know, um, because people have already moved in, so they're no longer demanding um, to to have residential space. But when you start to run low on residential space, that will start to to build up again and the you, you you meet that demand with some supply of residential and your commercial and your industrial will start to peak again in terms of demand so it's all about making sure that there is always demand making sure that you're not supplying too much um space for any one of the three areas um and making sure that it, it's always just enough yeah. Not too much, just enough. It's that ebb and flow between those as well. So I positioned an area of industrial uh, and industrial districts and realized that, oh, why is it not getting built on? Why is it not getting built on? And then actually pointed out because at the moment there's no demand for that. Okay, so what there was demand for at that point was residential. So mm. I then turned some of it, I mean, not too close to one people uh, abutting a big old factory pumping out smoke so that's not very fair but i turned some of the industrial that hadn't been turned into actual buildings turned into residential so then it then mm. reduced the demand for that and the goal system the way that works so you've got once i had a number of residential um places filled up i was then getting people asking me for the services that come as part and parcel of that so school a hospital mm. a garbage disposal landfill place so that's then your next goal is to get enough people into in order to unlock those and i really like the way the game is rather than just at the start everything's unlocked it's very incremental and yeah that i mean that makes sense as well doesn't it rather than giving you all the yep. options at once it's very much the way that cities tend, certainly European cities, tend to be uh, to to grow. It's very organic, mm -hmm. and um, I, I think there's definitely more of an onus in in the, uh, as far as I understand, anyway. Certainly in the US, um, there's more of a uh, an intentionality to the way that their city centres and cities in general are zoned out, and you get that grid system thing that. Uh, that they have always used that we very rarely have because our cities started before urban planning really existed. Yeah. Um. Is it Milton Keynes? Is Milton Keynes built on a on a US style grid system? Milton Keynes is the one that people talk about because it's roundabouts. Is it like seven roundabouts? Is it a chain one after the other? That kind oh, of the orbit yeah, round the roundabout daisy chain, something yeah. like that. Um. Which supposes it's roundabout hell or whatever but it also doesn't it work really well, well it kind of makes sense i've never been to milton yeah. Keynes, so i couldn't possibly say no i'll tell you a thing about milton Keynes. i'm pretty sure it's built on a grid system and they've got a like a high street or a what would they call that in america main street uh sort of thing they've got this street that runs it's very it's very straight street and it's lined up so that during the summer and winter solstices the sun uh, sits at the end of the street so if you look down the street in in the direction of the sunrise you'll see the sun coming up that's a good fact and also yeah. that's very well planned yeah it is um I, i'm pretty sure that's milton Keynes. uh incidentally learnt that from john higgs uh who i think i i did mm. put you on to but if anyone doesn't read john higgs books that was from the klf uh his his klf book which is really really great uh really good read um 
So yeah, um, I, I like the organicness of the way that cities spring up. And certainly if you don't have a background in town planning or urban development or anything like that, um, the other thing that I like about this game <clears throat> that you won't have run into yet is that you create your own problems and then you have to solve them down the line, which again, the organic nature of, of the way that cities or, or towns build generally um, is kind of, I feel like it's true to life. Like you end up, certainly I, we, we live in an area where the main, the main city is uh, is called Lincoln, and I think Lincoln's uh, always had this major issue with the way its roads don't work, and and also the way that its railway system chops the the city in half. And they, it it's only just been very recent that they've started to try and tackle that. So they built a a bridge over the top of the railway uh, line in the middle of the the, the city for pedestrians, so that it didn't bring everyone to a halt. Yeah, yes, for pedestrians, uh, which still is still presents a, a potential problem. Although they've pedestrianised that that road, so they now have. roads uh, now now cars don't come over the railway line at all. So it's not really it's not bringing the uh, city to a halt in the way that it used to. You do still um, get people though when when the barriers come down for the railway, people waiting. still wait at the barriers. And I don't understand. That's because they don't want to go up the steps. Yeah, but no. you know that they've been put there for you just use your ruddy legs and go up some steps yeah. yeah i think people are always looking at the opportunity cost um balance and and like can i can i be asked to go up the stairs how long do i need to wait before i feel like it's worth going up the stairs and if it's only a minute people are going to be like well i might as well wait because i don't want to go up the stairs so it's all about opportunity and the costs um there and i've said about legs which and, is and for those people that you know can't use legs or when i uh, they went, do have lifts went, well yeah i was going to say when i went through uh, over that with a, a push chair for example like you have mm. to you have to then yeah if the, the lift is in the right position you've got to wait and then you go wait up lift, and then so. you go across then you go down again it does yeah. take a long time so and it, i mean this is this is all re- relevant uh to to planning out cities and and infrastructure like that even on a minor level you're not doing that in city skylines but it is also very interesting just thinking about how much thinking actually goes on a, on an individual basis for a pedestrian navigating mm. that tiny little element of of uh, of a city um the decision making that goes into that whether it's conscious or subconscious um is actually quite weighty and lengthy um so yeah, it is interesting in in and of, in and of itself, but it's not about the game. So we'll come back to the game. Um, yeah, I, I really like how you make your mistakes without even realizing that you've made your mistakes, and then you go back and you try and correct those mistakes as the city's buzzing around you, and that makes things very difficult because, say, you've uh, created this congestion laden hellscape of a city center where everyone's trying to use the same roads to get wherever they're trying to go they call those arterial roads don't mm-hmm. they um if you've got the if you've got this one arterial road that everyone wants to be on you'll find that your city comes to a stop because this arterial road's not working properly you might want to try and tear it out and and create a new road layout but as as is the case in real life roadworks cause problems <laughs> roadworks oh, yes. will cause their own temporary problems it will require people to re uh, reorient themselves, re-navigate uh, that space, and you might also have to tear down buildings. Like there might be long-standing um, residential or commercial buildings that you have to uh, destroy in order to put in this new road layout. So 
yeah, it's um, and you might just not have le- you just might not have left enough space <laughs> um, to to factor in because you didn't think that you were gonna that you were even making a mistake then. So yeah, I really like that as you get later into the the um, life of a city. I really like that you're having to wrestle with things that you've done to yourself. Yeah, yeah, completely. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a really fun and uh, somewhat punishing, but also punishing in a way that's like, oh god, why didn't I think of that? Well, you it, you talked about the that we talked in the first half about the the sewer issue that you had when you played this back in twenty twenty, and that's when you place a sewage pipe and you lead, lead it to water, then some arrows pop up over as an overlay over the river to show the direction. So I'm guessing that happened because you placed the sewage pipe at one end of where the flow was, and the water pipe to pull out for drinking water was at the other end. So the sewage was then going into the water for people to drink. Yeah, and, some yeah. And people were dying. I think actually what happened, uh, if I remember rightly, and this is an interesting thing that I like about games like this anyway, because there are stories that are born out of them. And you can, I, I can remember what you're referring to. The city that I'd built, it was on a sea, a seafront as opposed to a river. Rivers are a lot right. easier to, to uh, manage in this game in terms of the intake of water and the flow of sewerage down, uh, of, of, of sewage downstream as opposed to upstream. Um, but on a seafront, if you uh, pump your pollution out into the sea, it will just spread very slowly out away from where it is. And I think the problem that I had was that I didn't have any other option for my sewage. Um, I couldn't. I didn't have treatment plants, so I couldn't clean it up and re redistribute it. Um, and I was kind of hoping that I would outgrow my problem. So I'd plant. I'd put. I'd set it up as best as I could on this seafront so that I had out out outlets and intakes at different places and i thought i could maybe try and beat to grow grow the city so quickly that i could get a treatment plant quick enough that then i could take out the outlets before the the sewage reached my intakes (laughs) um and that turned out not to be the case and i ended up polluting uh, my own uh, water intakes and killing a a population good times quite quite badly um but yeah that's exactly what i'm talking about like i i foresaw a problem thought i could outrun it and didn't manage to um similarly you can take lessons going like forward with you so that that is a thing that i try not to repeat if i were to build a a seafront city again and and also um today i built a roundabout as my main uh sort of intake and outtake for the city's traffic i had a a one-way system in in a roundabout like style and i had my different um areas coming off the roundabout and i think that that roundabout really helped to let the traffic flow Mm -hmm. get to where it needed to be as opposed to having like a main road that with lots of branching uh junctions which is what my city did uh, so first time doing it but i i then quickly learned and again we talked about this being intuitive that the game is themed around roads that everything has to be connected to a road Mm. in order to get from point a to point b so the city lives and dies by its roads. Roads, absolutely, yeah. Roads, pun not intended. Roads drive everything. And I, the, the way I put my road, they were just all over the place, very haphazard. So next time I come to City Skyline, and there mm. will be a next time, I will be much more careful as to where I place the roads because I now understand, that, like you've just said, I now understand that that's the the beating heart of it, and yeah, I need to be more mindful of where to put them. 
Yeah, so this is, uh, again, in terms of the way this game grows, and certainly if you do have certain DLC packs, the way this game grows, you're you're experiencing the beginnings of this city and you're seeing that roads are really important. It's, it's, it's a, a fairly sort of, well, I, I, yeah. It's not the way that we're necessarily supposed to think about cities now uh, in terms of bringing everything together with roads so we're, the, the notion of having a, a decent public transport system should negate the need for roads and the importance of roads um, and actually that's something that's baked into this game and the way it progresses too because you're you're still in the very early game and you're setting out a new city and you're building it all around the roads because the roads are really important but as you get more and more people into your city as it became as it becomes a, a metropolis what you'll find is that actually the roads are more problem more problematic than uh, you'd like them to be, yep. and that it's it's pretty um, difficult to balance the demand for transportation, personal transportation on the roads, um, and the space that it takes to make these roads. Um, so you start then trying to retrofit again um, mm -hmm. public public transport system. So you might build yourself a, and a very expensive metro, but the metro will, because it's so convenient, it, and if you price it right, it will alleviate the burden on the roads and people will use the roads less and they will use the trans uh, the the metro more and similarly with buses so like if you can take if you can put one bus on the road and you can take 10 cars out uh, off the road then that's going to improve the flow of of your city um but everything i think everything public system uh, public transport system wise has to be retrofitted <laughs> To what you've already built which mm -hmm. is it again in it in and of itself it's it's its own puzzle it's its own gameplay element and you could get a lot of satisfaction and i have got a lot of satisfaction trying to solve the road problems by using these retrofitted uh public transport systems um that that in they made a game out of that that was that was what cities in motion was That's that what I was, was thinking it's, it's where yeah. it started yeah, it is exactly where they started. And and there's no big... I've never played Citizen in Motion, and that's probably a bit of a shame because I probably love it because one of my favourite parts of this game is that, that puzzle mm. of providing people with what they need in terms of getting from A to B. It's really fun. As you build the city as well, one thing I like is the, the, the way the, the sound effects are, mm. sort of bring the city to life almost. So as I built my commercial district, as it got bigger and bigger, I noticed that when I zoomed over it that I could hear a bit of a hubbub. So I zoomed in and the hubbub grew louder and it was people enjoying themselves. Similarly, mm. the industrial area, you've got the, the clank of machinery and things happening. And then the residential district, it was just very quiet and serene with birds tweeting. But a little touch like that was, was really appreciated. The also in terms of the sounds, also in terms of the music, there's a choice of radio stations, and um, it brought up a message sense. Some of them have licensed music, so don't yeah. don't record videos. I can't remember what the, the wording was, but I thought that was quite a, a nice touch. But I set a, a radio station that had very backgroundy music that reminded me a lot of the the Sims and Transport Tycoon, that almost easy listening jazz elevator type music, and that yeah. for me really fitted how I played the game because it's a touch point with me with those previous games and it added to my elevated my enjoyment a, a bit I suppose 
Yeah, so there are 62 DLCs. Yeah, well, when, which, when I started means... on Game Pass, I, I had to look, and obviously, I, well, I assume they're not all available on Game Pass, and you talked about how some of them are bigger than others. But when I went into New Game with the version of City Skyline on Game Pass, when I went to New Map, there are then 14 different packs that add different maps. So that's out of that, was it 68 you just said? No, no there are 62. 62, sorry. And obviously, yeah. four, so 14 of them add in new maps, and then the other ones add in all kinds of other things as well. Including radio stations, which is why I brought, ah, brought that in right. now. So you can you can get radio stations to cater to your own personal taste. There's there's an 80s movie tunes um, pack, so that would be all music from 80s films. Uh, there's a pop punk radio uh, pack that you, obviously you know early noughties, late 90s uh, pop punk era stuff. I think um, there there's a, a downtown beat pack. Um, radio station a k-pop station which i do actually have um that came in that came in a humble bundle but you know no shame um yeah there's lots of different radio stations so one of the lovely things about this game is that you can tailor it to your Mm. own tastes you can also do that visually through the dlc packs so there are lots of content creation um packs that allow you to tailor the look of the game you might be able to say put red red london buses on your roads instead of uh, the standard buses or you might be able to have i think there's a japan style railways pack uh, so you can have like bullet train type uh, train systems um and and so on there's also more substantial things like i think um i i've not i do have this one i i actually uh, got it recently but there's an airports pack so you can start building airports um and and the infrastructure around airports in and of itself is very interesting uh once you start digging down into it so that that would be pretty fun and interesting to uh to play i would expect um there's also like i think i said to you there's you can build seaside resorts or or, or just generally you can nice. you can do tourism so that was something that wasn't in the base game i don't know whether they've put it in as a free update uh, but there's certainly paid dlc that supports those systems and yeah so you can you can zone for tourism and you might you know put specific things in tourist heavy areas like you might put your football stadium in that area so that there's a major sort of uh entertainment zone in your city uh, and then build all of your tourism around that or or you might have a seafront and you might be able to you might you might build out that as your like touristy area get the little showers Um, to wash your your wash the sand off your feet yeah i i don't know if they have those i'm afraid well they miss a trick if they um, don't Absolutely, yeah. But yeah, six, 62 packs, uh, all doing different, um, all doing, all making changes, either large or small, um, and all allowing you to tailor the experience to what you want it to be. Completely. Which I, I really like. And that's not even to say anything about uh, the the big mod scene uh, that is support that supports this game. There, there are mods for lots and lots of things and, and some very popular ones. So you can make this game as granular as you like, really, uh, if you if you delve into that. I haven't, so I can't tell you much about it. But if anyone is out there that is like big into the mods uh, for City Skylines, then I'd be very interested to hear, hear more about them. And also specifically to know like if you were going to recommend the top the the best 10 mm. mods to to put into your game what would they be well i was going to ask you actually you mentioned in the first half you said you've played well, the game came out in 2015 how have you played it since 2015 and what kind of permutations mm. how much have you played what um what what um 
way have you been playing it? Which which different DLC packs? Yeah, uh, well, I I mean, it's, I could list the packs that I've got, but the point um, I'm getting to is the fact I think it's interesting the fact that this is a game you said you have been playing since 2015. It's a game you've been coming yeah. to. I'm guessing fairly regularly but not like all the time not consistently for eight years there's not many games i don't think i can think of top of my head there's any games really that i've been playing for that anywhere near that long no i think this is this this speaks to a couple of things so it speaks to the the quality of the game and Mm. it speaks to the support that they've offered for the game uh it also speaks to a changing landscape of how games operate um financially and uh uh, and how they how they serve the people that buy them because i think over the last decade or so we've we've changed the way uh, as an industry the the notion of a game coming out having a certain length sales tail and then and then dropping off the face of the earth and becoming like a bargain bin even if it's a superstellar game you, you don't see games do that uh, so much anymore no. and certainly games like city skylines made by 13 people obviously published by paradox who are rather large but um it's it's for intents and purposes a small game that's got big and that that has over the last decade happened for many many multiples of uh of studios there's there's a feeling i get that they both want to serve the players that have invested their time and money into into that that experience um and also that you can actually be successful in a different way to the to the standard that was set by AAA studios in the 80s, 90s, and then into the noughties. Um, and I think City Skylines is is kind of doing that. They found a different way to be successful. In terms of the way that I've experienced that over the last eight years, yeah, it's totally been like a dip in and dip out. And actually okay. their, their release model has been ha, has facilitated that because um, one of the things that has happened is, say, I, I had the game when it came out because so I was very interested in it and, and um, it was totally up my street. I played it a lot on PC or, um, yeah, I mean, I played it a lot on PC and then um, maybe it sort of fell fell off a little bit or a lot, uh, got, got interested in other things. Then it released onto PlayStation 4 and um, I think it was, it was either on the PlayStation Plus um, like free games for a month or whatever something like that and when that came out i think it was probably around 2020 that was i i think it might have been what sparked me to talk to you about it in the first instance right, because okay. that then put it back on my radar again and i played it a lot a heck of a lot on the playstation uh, 4 version which is the controller integrated um version so the, i think the game been... pass version i've played today on the xbox uh, series x uh, the the controller is amazing i'm as in the first yeah. half i um i was very impressed with two point hospital playing that on the switch and then playing this on the xbox series x mm. it's 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 great i'm really yeah impressed. it really is i mean that's a whole different conversation uh, uh, in terms just just to sort of cap off what i was gonna the the, the picture i'm trying to paint there's been two two specific touch points for me with this okay. game and it was like 2015 16 uh, and then 2020 round there uh, on the PlayStation 4 and and that happened potentially because of the way that they've sort of released incrementally over over periods of time on different platforms and ha- how they've also supported the consoles in particular um and and then in between now I've dipped in and out and and sort of picked up a game and, and built a city and then uh, left the city behind and then come back to it later and build a city and left the city behind so okay. um it, it it definitely works for that and and it's kind of like a uh you, you don't what is it uh it's like riding a bike you, you drop in and you 
you remember, you know how to do. Tootle about, drop out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the thing that, it, this is maybe the third touch point or the third touch. Yeah, this is maybe the third touch point uh, for the game in so much as actually it's it's kind of sunsetting now uh, in in the sense that City Skylines 2, and this is the reason we're talking about it, City Skylines 2 comes out on the 24th of October and I've been anticipating it uh, for quite a while, as have many, many people. It seems to be quite a, you know, a, a major thing for the people that are, are interested in it. Um, and... Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think for me it will be the end of playing City Skylines, just because there's a lot of a lot of things there that are not going to be immediately available in the in the sequel. But what is available in the sequel looks really, really great. So I've talked about the mod scene and the granularity that some of the mods have been able to offer. It seems that a lot of the of that uh, customize a lot of the customizability that they were offering through mods. Um, has been integrated into the game and you can do things with the road systems and uh, the building systems and the zoning systems. You can do things with those now in, in City Skylines 2 that would have required you to find the right mods right. Uh, and install the right mods in the past. Um, it's also, in terms of size, I think that the the maps are much larger and there's more variety in terms of like the e- uh, ecosystems. Is that right? Uh, biomes that that are on offer uh, in the base game, and uh, there's they they keep touting this notion that you can follow citizens from birth to death, um, like you can sim the Sims. We mm. talked, I think, about the Sims, these emergent stories that grow out of yeah. of managing their lives. I think there's supposedly there's supposed to be an element of that here as well, so you can actually pin a person to your sidebar or whatever and you can follow their journey through your city as they as they grow up uh, nice. and then and then eventually die um so yeah there's there's lots to be excited about also there i don't know if you saw but paradox are, are also publishing a game that's sort of a sims like game um and it looks to be built around the same sort of systems i still i'm a little bit uh sort of i'm a little bit I reckon that there might there might in the future be some integration between their version of The Sims and City Skylines. It's something that The Sims has tried in the past, um, but but in a very limited way. And I I think if anyone could pull it off, it would be uh, Colossal Order and Paradox together. Well, City Skyline Two, if anyone's interested, it is also on Game Pass. It came up when it I searched, be. so uh, that will be on there. But in in the meantime, mm. City Skyline is on Game Pass as I've uh, as that's how I played it. I'm assuming it's still available on PlayStation as well, obviously PC. It is. Yep. So mm. there you go. Wherever you get your games from, is it on Switch? Yep. Yes, it is. Yeah. There you go. Yes, everywhere. There you everywhere. go. Everywhere. Right. Well, thank you very much, Ashley. And I'm going to wrap up because I'm going to go build me another city. Um, thank Excellent. you thank you for listening I hope you've enjoyed if so come and join us on social media Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube and like, share, subscribe, rate and review yes please thank you ever so much for listening and we'll see you again next week bye bye